Welcome to the Dr. Lori Marvis podcast. And today I'm so excited to introduce Denise Norris. And she was referred to me by Jason Cohen, who has interviewed her for an amazing documentary. Denise has lost 234 pounds and she's going to share her extraordinary story with us and all the challenges and obstacles and how she's overcome them. And I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you for taking time out of your day to spend with us. Thank you for having me. All right. So Denise, can you tell us a little bit of your background? For example, how the weight became an issue and then kind of just go into where this all started. Where did your journey to health um, begin? Well, I think it all became started becoming an issue actually when I moved out of my parents' house. When I was like 17, going on 18, I was poor, couldn't really afford anything other than ramen noodle soup packets for like 10 cents. You know, it was cheap stuff. So, um, yeah, I just started packing on the pounds and um, anything was open. And I just like went for the cheap stuff, went for convenient stuff, ate out a lot. And it just kind of came on gradually, and the, the weight just kind of kept creeping, creeping on. And then um, that's just how life happened for me, I guess. Before I knew it, I was sick. I think I had kidney stones for, like, the second time. I had a lot of migraines, a lot of sinus infections, and kidney stones, and um, GERD, really bad GERD. But I was at the hospital, and they tried to weigh me on a scale, and it, like, red air because I was too big basically for the scale. So they had to weigh me on one of their like freight scales. I can't remember how long ago this was, but I was mortified. And this, the number I saw on the scale was 421 pounds. And I, I was like devastated after that. I thought there's no way I'm ever going to be able to lose this much weight. And I sure I got close to 500 pounds because after that I just ate and ate and ate. I really didn't care. I got so depressed that I was just like, (laughs) you know, what's the point? I might as well just keep eating what I like. (laughs) Um, But then in 2009, I got a golden retriever puppy and he had a lot of energy and he was always constantly begging me for walks and stuff. Um, So I slowly started doing that with him in the beginning. I couldn't walk maybe down to the end of the driveway to get the mail and I was out of breath and, you know, I just couldn't do it. But it took me a few more years to really figure out. I tried losing weight on my own, going back and forth with different diets. I did Atkins and lost like 60 pounds. I did a um, program to my doctor, which was like really boring. Like you ate plain brown rice and plain broccoli. And I lost like 60 pounds on that too. But when I stopped eating that stuff, I gained it all back. Um, So eventually I found my way to Weight Watchers because I felt like I needed the support um, I didn't, you know, my husband and I, that's what we did together is we ordered pizza and drank beer and watched movies, you know, it wasn't really very active and we just, that was what we did together. So I felt like I, Weight Watchers would give me the accountability of the weekly weigh-ins and the support. And they did a really good job of like teaching me to do five pounds at a time and stay focused on the small steps because, you know, almost 500 pounds, that was like a huge mountain to me. And I just didn't really think that it was possible. So I did, I focused on the five steps. I started Weight Watchers in 2011, uh, New Year's resolution, (laughs) and I lost a hundred pounds with them. And I can't remember the exact dates, but I'm thinking it took me about a year and a half to lose a hundred pounds with them. Um, But towards the end of that, I really started like plateauing big time with uh, Weight Watchers. And I was going back and forth between gaining and losing the same like 10 pounds. 
and I got really tired of um, counting points all the time and like measuring and weighing your food. And I was like, I don't think I can do this forever. And I was afraid that I was going to gain the weight back. And even though I still had so much more to lose, you know, I definitely didn't want to gain any more back. So my Weight Watcher leader was vegetarian and I kind of like followed her lead, went vegetarian for a while. And then my friend Christy, she found a lady online through uh, protectivediet.com and she did plant-based. It's no animal products, no oil, no sugar. And she wanted to go visit her in, in Chicago and like do this weekend thing with her and I was like, well, if I'm going to go do it, I need to like try the plan, you know, and see if, see if it's working for me. And I really didn't want to do it at first because I was like, there's no way, there's no way I can, you know, never eat cheese again or never eat chocolate. Like that's unheard of. You're crazy. It's not possible. <laughs> but, you know, she put it to me at 30 days. And that's one thing, like I said, Weight Watchers did is, you know, look at the small picture in front of you, not really a larger picture. So I was like, okay, I guess I can do anything for 30 days. And uh, I tried it for 30 days, and a lot of the foods on res- um, recipes on the protective diet was really easy comfort food, um, like remade into healthy comfort food, like macaroni and cheese and mashed potatoes and gravy and um, burgers and pizzas and fried, like stuff I was already eating but made healthy. So I think that really helped me stay on plan for the 30 days because – I mean, after the first couple of weeks of like mentally getting over not being able to eat those things, um, it started to get a little bit easier. And the you know the first couple of weeks, you're kind of withdrawing from the foods, so you kind of feel icky at first in the beginning. But it like I'm telling you, it was like two or three weeks, and I really started to notice a difference between the energy levels, and I lost 16 pounds my first month. So I was like, that was encouraging. <laughs> I don't think I've ever. excuse me i don't think i ever lost that many pounds i know i have never lost that many pounds of weight watchers i mean at the most it'd be like five pounds a month so 16 pounds that was like a big boost especially you know from going back and forth plateauing with weight watchers for like six months um so i did that and i i stuck with the base since i think it was like july of 2013 yeah because it's been almost four years now since I've been plant-based. All right. So that's encouraging. I mean, those transition foods really helped you, but you still lost weight, even though you were eating. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, so, yeah, I li- I love to be able to eat volumes of food and it was still healthy and still be able to lose weight. That was, like, really encouraging to me. Yeah. I mean, and that's honestly how I found people to be successful at this is just taking small chunks. Like, let's just do breakfast for a week and then let's just do breakfast, lunch for the second week and then breakfast, lunch, dinner. And we actually used a lot of transition foods in the beginning, too, too, because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that worked really well. That is fantastic. So during this time when you said, you know, you got the puppy, and I love Goldens. We've had a Golden, mm-hmm. and oh, my goodness, they're great dogs. What is your, what are you thinking in your mind? How did you go from, you know, when you were thinking, I'm just going to continue eating, continue eating. What was the shift for you besides the dog? Was it just the dog that did it and things slowly changed? Or was there like a moment that you recall going, you know what? I am going to do something. 
you know, I can't even really recall like the exact moment. I just remember, you know, like at the end of the year and around New Year's, people are talking about like what you want your year to be like, what changes you're going to make. And I just knew I had to make a change because I was so sick of my life. I was so sick of being fat. So like sick of being sick. Um, you know, I, I was couldn't ride roller coaster rides anymore. I got kicked off roller coaster because I was too fat. I couldn't even wear my seatbelt. I got two seatbelt tickets like within the same month because I couldn't buckle my seatbelt. Um, just, you know, I've, I've like broke chairs. I couldn't fit into um, booths at restaurants and I'd get like panic anxiety attacks and somebody did invite me to a restaurant because I'm like, am I going to be able to fit in the chairs? Are going to break? Are people going to stare at me? It just, I don't know. I wasn't happy with life and I just knew that I needed to make a change or I didn't want to keep living this life. So somewhere like, I don't think it was an aha moment. Like I just, I remember the date and time. I just knew I was thinking about that and something had to change. Okay. So were you on any medications during that time? Yeah. Yes. I was on preventative um, migraine medicines, which I never prevented them. I still got them. And I, got at least like two or three a week. And then I had to give myself injections mm. for them or take the Imitrex, which made you even sicker when you took it. Um, I was on prescription meds for um, GERD and what else? Oh, I had sleep apnea. I had to wear a CPAP machine at night. Um, that was pre-diabetic. They wanted me to like start taking medicine for it. And that was right there was like when I, after that, Shortly after that was when I was like, I'm going to join Weight Watchers because I was like, I didn't want to have to be the one to prick my finger three times a day and give myself insulin shots every day. So I told him, I was like, let me try it. Let me try to lose weight first. And my doctor was agreeable to it. And okay. then it. So and how old were you when all this transition started, if you don't mind me asking? Well, I'm 42 now. So that was like, uh, well, 2011 that's seven years ago. Yeah. Okay. And so were you a nurse at that time? No, I actually uh, was working at home for people with disabilities. Um, and my contract got canceled. Like they didn't renew the government contract. So I got laid off work and, um, decided with the help of my local work one that I was going to go back to school and be a nurse. Oh, that's cool. So now you work, um, you said in a step down unit, can you describe for those who aren't medical what that is? Um, it's basically step down from critical care. We, um, have high acuity of patients and actually the majority, I would say the majority of the patients I see on my floor are there for illnesses or complications from illnesses that could totally be prevented by changing their diet and their lifestyle. A lot of, I mean, we do a lot of heart catheterizations where they get stents. Um, we have a lot of stroke, um, COPD, a lot of breathing, and it's terrible to see how they suffer. And to be honest, that is what keeps me motivated to not eat any of the food that they bring into the hospital or even any food at the hospital itself, yeah. just because I know why they're there and why they're suffering. And I don't want my life to be like that. I mean, you got to you got to think about quality of life, not just quantity of life. So right. it's very sad. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it, it really is distressing to me as a physician. And then, you know, you as a nurse, you see the food that we feed these people who are critically ill and it's, you know, you write for a cardiac diet and they get eggs and bacon. Like, 
Yeah. Are you insane? (laughs) I'm like, seriously, let's just kill these people off before they can go have another heart attack and come back and keep us in business, I guess. I don't know. But uh, so tell us. So nurses work really hard. I have to tell you, nurses have been instrumental when I was a resident medical student in teaching me. So I have the highest respect for nurses. So thank you for what you do. I, I think, uh, nurses are just amazing people. And so, um, you guys literally, it's a thankless job. I mean, you do everything you deal with us physicians and we can be very disagreeable individuals. And then you deal with the patients who can also be disagreeable. <laughs> so <laughs> you, you continue to take care of us. So we, we truly appreciate that. Um, tell us about your days. I mean, nurses have to be the most, uh, abused group of individuals, but also just, you know, medical professionals in general, we don't take good care of ourselves. So tell us a little bit about your day and your hours and just the insanity of being a nurse. Yeah, I really had no idea how hard it was going to be when I got into it. I knew it was going to be hard. Like I expected it to be hard. But when I start, I've only been a nurse for eight months now. I started in September of last year. And I can't tell me how many days I went home crying because I was like, there's no way I could do this. And it is so much harder than I ever thought it was going to be. But I do work 12 hour days, at least 12 hours. It usually ends up being more than 12 hours. Um, And it's, well, like this week, I work Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, 12-hour shifts, four days in a row. So today and tomorrow, I've been preparing my food so that I have meals ready, <clears throat> um, and I can just, like, get up, shower, eat, go, and have a quick lunch, and then come home and eat, like, maybe a muffin or some fruit at, like, 8, 8.30 at night. I'm in bed by 9.30, and I get up again at 4.30 in the morning the next day and do it all over again. And during the day, during the 12 12- of our shifts and it this was really hard for me to get used to because I was working at home before and then when I was going to school I wasn't working so I could just go eat whenever I wanted to you know but when I started working though on a 12-hour shift you get you're lucky to get 30 minutes for lunch I mean I'm talking lucky and it's not even uninterrupted you know they're still calling you you're shoving food in your mouth and you're taking calls over your, your vocera and that's all I get for 12 hours is 30 minutes. You know, I might be able to, and what I've started doing since I started working there, I'm, I'm learning some tricks. When I have to go into the dietitian room to get patients drinks and ice and all that kind of stuff, I take a drink of water for myself too. So I don't know how many times I left there and I had such a raging headache and it's because I was dehydrated. I wasn't like hydrating myself during the shift. So I've learned to, to do that and I learned to make, meals that are easy to shove in because <laughs> who's got time to chew a salad on a 30 minute lunch break, you know, and then had time to go to the bathroom on that too. So I take like soft meals like this week I prepared, um, it's called hot and spicy get well soon soup. And then it's, I just throw in a mix of rice and quinoa in it and the combination of the protein and the grains. And then this soup that's super yummy. It keeps me satisfied. And, um, I don't think about being hungry for the rest of the shift. <laughs> I mean, literally, it is your, it's a challenge just to even have time to go to the bathroom. It is. It is. Because uh, I know when I was a resident and medical student, I mean, ugh, I mean, there were surgeries that I was helping that would last 12 hours. 
And so wow. you're literally standing there like, can you give me an IV? Because I have no, haven't drank or did anything. <laughs> and, yeah, and put a Foley in. Because... Uh, yeah, yeah. Because, uh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, goodness. And when I started medical school, my kids were 5, 3, and 10 months. So my life was just utter insanity. It still is utter insanity. <laughs> I have a lot of respect for people like you that do with children because I don't have kids. I, and I think that I tell people all the time, I'm like, I'm so lucky because my dog is, he's eight now and he's so good. You know, I bring him home, take him for a walk. He, he loves the food I eat. So I share my muffins with him oh. and then he's, he's ready to go to bed. So yeah, I couldn't imagine coming home and taking care of kids on top of it. I'll tell you the, we did diapers for seven years straight, but you know, you have one, you have another kid, you have another one. And then when they could bathe themselves, it was the big biggest thrill of my life I'm like wow five-year-olds can bathe themselves note to self the next one <laughs> is yeah. gonna be yeah it was huge it was huge oh my gosh wow. but um yeah that was a challenge so tell me a little bit about so you have these 12-hour days you're preparing your food in advance what about your patients and your colleagues are you sharing this message with anyone well, when I started, when I was doing orientation, my preceptor had a clipboard that had that she was able to make herself like customize online with her own pictures and stuff. So I did that and I put my before and after pictures on it. Um, so like and I have Charlie's picture on it, too. And that's usually what what gets us talking about the clipboard is Charlie's pictures on the back. And then I'm like, oh, and I show them the rest of the pictures. And I'm like, they see my picture as a nurse and then my before picture before. And they're like, wait a minute, that's you. Oh, and then wow. that gets the ball rolling. And I start, you know, they're like, well, how'd you do it? And um, what do you eat? And I, it's so funny when I tell them I want plant-based, you know, I get the huge eyeballs and I'm like, so what do you, they're like, so what do you eat? You know? So the rest of the day, and I try to do it in the early in the shift. Um, so that the rest of the day when I'm coming in and out of rooms, they always have more questions like, so you don't use oil. How do you fry? <laughs> you know, I'm like, well, I don't fry anymore. Right. <laughs> Frying's bad. Right. But yeah, it's cool. I, and then when, as far as my coworkers, um, they did a thing in the beginning when I first got there to like get to know your workers where you do like a all about me page. And of oh. course I had to share my journey as part of that. So there's a book, um, in our break room with, uh, uh each of us tells a little bit about so you can get to know each other so that like opened up the door for everybody to come and talk to me about it and when I eat they're always wanting to know you know what are you eating today and what's in it and it's they always say it smells good it doesn't look very good but it smells good (laughs) (laughs) it's like oh thanks well I'm not here for presentation I'm here for to get healthy (laughs) that is brilliant though weird because I think it's so weird how people make more comments about my healthy food and the amount of food that I eat compared to like, if I was just eating what they're eating, like burgers and fries, even if it's piled up, they're not going to say anything. But for some reason now they have, they feel like they have, I don't know that it's okay for them to question what I'm eating and make fun of it. Some of them have actually made fun of it. So I don't know what's up with that. You know, yeah, I actually, you know, it's really funny when I, when I interview people 
and we talk about this, this social aspect of the diet and going out and having family or, or, you know, you're with your colleagues and friends. I tend to be the one that is, I'm not in your face, but I'm not afraid to bring this up in conversation and talk to you about it because If you're going to make fun of me, we're going to have a little conversation about what you're doing to yourself. You know, I'm just like, well, I'll be here for you when you have your heart attack. I I can revive you. I hope if you're not dead before I get there, you know, so um, I'll call them out. But I think a lot of it is a lot of people are a little hesitant and they're worried about what people are going to think about them. And it's like you have to think of this as you could be saving someone's life. I mean, this message could be the one piece of information they need to live another 10 years, you know? Right. And so that's how I see it. I, it's an urgent message. And if I don't share it, I could kill someone. I take that responsibility. And so that really, it's a little bit of a different thought and, a, you know, think changing your paradigm a little bit or your whole thinking. Um, so when you do go out with friends and family and they make those comments, what is your response to them? Uh, well, it's weird because like when I tell them about eating plant-based, the first thing I always get is, well, where do you get your protein? And I'm, my, my response always is, well, how does a gorilla get his protein? I love you it. know, a gorilla is huge and has huge muscles and, you know, look at me, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's usually the first response. And then I always usually get a comment about how much I eat and I'm like, um, the proof is right here like you see what I eat and you see how I look I mean people I actually had a patient the other day tell me that um and this is before she knew that I had lost the weight she goes oh you're probably one of those skinny girls that never had trouble with with weight a day in her life and I was like well let me just tell you (laughs) (laughs) and I pulled out my clipboard and I showed her the pictures and you know start talking and she just couldn't believe it so I love moments like that to like kind of open their eyes and let them have a little hope that if I can do it, anybody can do it. Absolutely. I mean, that is such a, you're in a really cool position. I think God just put you there with your story and the changes you could affect for people. I mean, that's just so cool because they're sick. They're going to be more open to that message. Yeah. But I have learned too, that it's, it's a, um, I don't know, a a balancing act to figure out who you share the message with and who you don't because, I mean, I, I was like that at the beginning. I thought it was urgent, too, and I had to tell everybody. But sometimes that can turn people off more if you're in their face. So you kind of I have to get to know them a little bit first to see if they're mm-hmm. even receptive to hearing the information mm-hmm. before I share my story. Because then, you know, I don't want to waste my time. <laughs> yeah, you know, there are I've only had two. No, no. Yeah, I'd say two. Two patients out of all these years that I share. And I've shared it with hundreds and thousands of people. I mean, day in, day out, full, busy family practice in the hospital and nursing homes on the street. And only two people that were outright just like, no, don't want to talk to you about this anymore. Stop. And um, one of them was active duty young man. I was not active duty at the time, um, but I was like, you know what? I'll tell you what, if I was still active duty, I'd be calling your sergeant and telling you exactly how you just spoke to me. And I was a major when I got out. So, you know, so I was like, young man, he's like, yes, ma'am, I'm sorry. I apologize. Cause he was really rude. And then the other one was an older lady. And I was talking to her about, you can get off your medications. You're on, she was like on a bunch of meds. She goes, but I like my medications and I don't want to do this. I was like, you know what? Maybe you should find a different doctor. And so, right. And that's what I did. And the rest of them, though, have been very receptive. And even if they don't change, 
I've given them that opportunity to, to pursue that. They now know that door is open. And every time they come back, I reiterate the importance of it. And it may not be the full spiel. I call it my spiel. I share my story of how this all happened, which is really cool because people get drawn in with the story, just like your story. And, um, when I tell them and I get so excited, like I'm a little kid at a candy shop, I just get so excited. It's like, yes, this is great. And, uh, they're like, Oh my God, she's crazy. Um, yeah, <laughs> I do the same thing. And I feel like I talk forever and ever and ever. And I'm like, okay, well I have other patients. So I have to go now. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah it's i've been given the gift of gab so this is good for me bad for them i think sometimes but yeah no i agree you're exactly right um the whole you feel them out how it is because sometimes what i've learned is like mirroring what they're doing like if they cross their legs i learned i cross my legs i talk in the tone they talk you know if they're with the diabetes i was like well so if you weren't sick what would you be doing now and that story gives me an element of an idea of what they're missing in their life and what they're willing to maybe do to get to that point and that's what i use as my avenue as my in and um there's so much psychology that goes on that's why i love about dr Furman's health oasis where i'm at now is the psychologists are just incredible. Oh, my God, these people are talented. And I'm almost, you're almost afraid to go and like, what do they know about me that I don't know about myself yet? <laughs> so, That's funny. It is. It is like, you guys are really good at this. It makes me nervous because, you know, I have issues and I don't necessarily want to f- express them right away. <laughs> Right. It doesn't take long. I'm pretty open book, but <laughs> it's like, oh my God. I would love to work in a place that was like that more focused on oh. plant-based as far as the first line of treatment and not the last, but it's, oh. it is, it's so frustrating to work where I work and um, try to share this information with them. And you just know it'll work for them. And I just have to pass pills and give them handouts. Yeah. And it's just, it's frustrating. Have you met any doctors that are receptive? Um, Ashley, she's a nurse practitioner and, um, she's, you know, I told her about my story and everything. She's already bought an instant pot for her and her, she's, she's married and has like two kids. So she told me the other day and I was surprised, like I had saw her like a few days later and she goes, she goes, well, I bought the instant pot the day I talked to you and I've already made my first meal in it. And I was like, that's awesome. Look at you. So they're not. Yeah, they're not like 100% plant-based yet, but just the fact that she's making her own meals now and, you know, yeah. instead of like buying convenience or something. So, I mean, it's it's a step. And I always tell people I, I plant seeds, right. you know, like you said, you start with one seed, it'll grow, it'll multiply. And that's pretty much how I did it. Yeah. I started with one thing and, you know, I didn't do it 100%. Um, in the beginning, I wasn't, didn't cut it all out. Like I cut out meat first and then I did cheese and then I cut out the processed foods. Chocolate was the very last to go. (laughs) Mm, Yeah, for sure. And you know, on occasion, a dark chocolate with no dairy and it's okay here and there, whatever, unless it's an indulgent trigger food in which some people, yeah. So they have to be careful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the other thing when you get when you get to where I am now, like I've, I've lost the majority of the weight that I'm going to have to lose. Yeah. Um, but now it's like, um, uh, cause at first I was eating no nuts and no avocado, mm. um, because they're high fat and I was trying to lose weight. Um, so now I'm trying to incorporate them back in, but I still, at this time, I still have to learn what my limits are <clears throat> because right. I have learned that I can eat an entire bag of pistachios in one day. They were so good. <laughs> you sound like my husband. That's his favorite nut. 
Oh, oh it was so good. So now <laughs> I just, you know, I don't tell myself I can't have them, but I will only eat them like if I'm somewhere else and they have some and I eat just a handful or I buy like the single serving packets now. Right. That's so. smart. See, I'm in a, yeah, I never had the weight to lose, but my allergies went away. So I was allergic to anything and everything that had fur and cats especially. And now I have a cat somewhere in this house. Well, it's actually a 700 square foot apartment at this time. All four of us. It's been, there's five of us, but the daughter's going to be in Texas, but the other two and my husband are here. It is, if I showed you this, it's so tiny. (laughs) (laughs) I was by myself for seven months. And now they're all You have here. no allergies now? None. That's awesome. The cat, it can crawl on me, sit on me, lay it. You know, you, you sit on the couch and it comes up behind you and it's wrapping its tail uh-huh. around your face and licking your head. And no, nothing. I used to swell my eyes shut. Um, I was on uh, nasal spray, singular at night, and another antihistamine. Um, and just mm-hmm. miserable since the age of 12. And so wow. I was 41. How old was I? 41 when I changed my diet. So yeah, that's been um, almost six years. So it's been, it's pretty cool. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. And my thyroid, I've been hypothyroid since the birth of baby number two It's 21 years ago. So when see that, that time it was 21. So yeah, every, so about for, I've been on the meds for about 16 years and I, every year my dosage has dropped. Um, wow. and so I'm just, tickled again i've used that word yeah that's awesome i've i've gone off all of my prescription medications i don't get migraines anymore i i I haven't had heartburn and i can't even remember the last time i had heartburn i don't have to use my cpap machine anymore um i still get like some headaches because i'm like a walking barometer in my head like anytime the storm comes in but i mean that's things that and now i don't even really have to pop aspirin for it anymore i've like evolved my um repertoire i guess of natural remedies by using essential oils and like healing crystals and gemstones and yoga um you know doing stretching and stuff so i don't i mean it's it's like thinking about everything that i put into my body not just what i put into my mouth right um, that's changed on, for me yeah what you put on your skin and all those yeah. things. isn't it interesting how this is a door just to open to the rest of it like looking at yeah. our environment, looking at the animals, looking at all these different things. And and wh- then yeah. and then looking within, too, because, you know, with my um, emotional because e- I was an emotional eater. So I, I just now got to the part this year where I've started looking within and figuring out, um, you know, what's causing the eating and why am I eating when I'm not hungry and eating too more than full? Because I still do that on a plant based diet. I can binge on a batch of brownies plant-based brownies and banana muffins like nobody's business so mm-hmm. yeah it, it really takes you within to um, get more connected with god um and just you know learn to have food for fuel for your body and love from god and that's pretty much it that's all you need really Honestly, my faith has been a very big part of my life and raising our family and everything. And so I think that is so cool. And I, and the audience can't see, but I can see you. Could you, would you mind telling them what's on your wall behind you? Cause I think that is just so cool. And you said that was your inspiration, but if you could read that it would be just really awesome. 
Well, I have a few different few different sayings, and I actually set my whole house up like this to wherever I'm at, whatever room I'm in, I can look over and see like a scripture or a motivational quote or something, and it just pops me out because I'm a I'm a I can stick in my head all day long and my thoughts go crazy like ADHD bunny in there. So mm-hmm. it kind of just pops me out of my negative thinking. And one of them here says, dance as though no one is watching you. Love as though you have never been hurt before. Sing as though no one can hear you. Live as though heaven is on earth. And then these um, dragonflies, because dragonfly represents transformation. Um, it says, allow yourself to emerge with faith and grace. And emerge and unleash your truest self with grace, joy, trust, and vulnerability. Let go of your fears. Surrender and allow. Mm. I love that. Yeah. And the other one that I've had for since the beginning, like when I even started Weight Watchers and I kept it in front of me all the time, is she believed she could, so she did. So if you believe that it's possible, and I mean, it really doesn't take a whole lot of belief because I'm telling you in the beginning, I didn't believe it was possible. So I know it was a God thing for me because if it was just on my faith and my belief, it would have never happened. Mm -hmm. So you got to, you got to, um, keep God on your journey with you, (laughs) you know, and I think that's the coolest thing ever is that you're open to the possibility and giving someone just a little bit of hope like that surrender and allow. I use that word surrender a lot with patience is just surrender to the opportunity to be well and it'll take care of itself. Does it make it's going to be easy all time? No, but this is a journey. And we're here together and you're going to be okay. And I think it's great. It's like, it's like that song. Oh, I, I can't remember who, who plays the song, but it's a Christian song and it's called uh, diamonds. I think it's Hawk Nelson. And it's um, saying basically you're being refined by the fire. You know, you're he's God's making diamonds out of you. And he's slowly like carving away all the junk on the outside to get to the diamond, the precious thing in the middle. Mm -hmm. Um, But it does take time and it's, you're under a lot of pressure with it, you know? So, but in the end, look what you get. Right. And the coolest thing is everybody we've, I've met on this journey has been the most loving, gracious, so willing to help people I mean, I just, I've never been in a crowd of individuals, a a cohort that is just overall, that seems to be a common denominator is they're just full of love and (laughs) gratitude and willingness. I mean, do you, have you experienced that? Oh yes, so much. And and I mean, I really think of it as like, I'm full of God's love. Like God put the light in me and it just shines out whether I want to or not, you know? I mean, it's people come up to me and they're like, oh, I heard your story. I'm like, really? Oh, I'm going to be in a documentary. Really? Me? Uh, you know, why me? And so, I mean, I know it's God, but it's you <clears throat> feel so much better and you have such a like love for life that you want to share it with everybody, you know, because why wouldn't you want everybody around you to feel the same way? You know, and it's and, and especially since I really didn't think it was that hard. Yeah. in the beginning, it kind of was, but I made it harder than it had to be. So it really is not that hard. And I just wish I would have done it so much sooner. So, yeah, I tell everybody just because I'm like, don't wait, do it now. You know, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. It's like, don't don't continue to suffer. You know, but we're so short sighted as humans that we always see is this obstacle in front of us in this huge wall. And then we make the wall 10 times bigger than it needs to be, like you're saying. And um, but, you know, I think for me, 
my capacity to love and share and be hmm, open to others has just grown exponentially since doing this. I, I think, you know, it's just, it's been such a humbling thing to see that there's just so much more to this life than what I can do. It's God, what he can do and his infinite love. And it's just been so cool. It's a really it awesome is. ride. <laughs> it is. It's amazing. It makes you so thankful and so grateful that you're able to, first of all, be here, be healthy, be able to do the things that I see patients not being able to do. It's like simple things like walking, yeah. um, taking care of themselves, you know, just everyday simple things that I, I won't ever take for granted. You know, and you had mentioned the seatbelt thing and we had a patient and she celebrated being able to to close the seatbelt. And I'm sitting here thinking, what must that be like to just be willing to celebrate closing a safety harness over you while you drive down the highway? Yeah. I mean, just to have that small freedom and be so tickled over. I mean, she was so excited. And I keep using the word tickled today. I don't know what it is with the tickled. I don't know, tickle. But um, she was just so proud and so happy that you can't help but just be rejoiced with her. I mean, it, these all these small victories, for me, it's like them winning the gold medal of just awesomeness. It's just like, this is so amazing. And uh, I tell people, I was like, you guys don't understand. So I call it veggie crack. So when people get to help you, like when I get to help people and get them better, it's like a high for me. And I need my hit every day. So like, come on, people, I need you to eat your veggies so I can get my veggie crack. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. And it's just, it's so much fun to celebrate these cool things with people because they're finding oh, true Oh, I know. And what's cool is like, I've met so many people on Facebook now because of the Jason Cohen interview. So I have like a lot of people text messaging me and stuff. Mm -hmm. And there's so many now that's hard for me to keep track of. But um, I had it, somebody the other day text me back and said, hey, I just want to let you know, thanks for the encouragement. I've lost like, I don't remember, like 16 pounds and her husband's doing it too. And he's like off of one of his medications. And I was like, oh, that's so awesome. And she was like, thank you so much. Because I told her, um, just focus on one improvement each day. Just mm -hmm. what did you do better today than you did yesterday? And if that's, if you, even if you just come up with one, that's great. Cause that was better than yesterday. So she was like that one statement out of everything you said to me kind of stuck with me and, um, helped her like get going through the 30 days. And now she's hooked. And I see her posts on Facebook where she's like posting smaller sizes. And it, you know, it reminds me of this, the journey I went through too, cause it's been a while now. So it gets me excited all over again and gets me remembering like, Oh yeah, I remember when I did that. I, I still have a shirt that I hung up that's a small and I can wear it, but not like comfortably in public. So <laughs> I hang it up though. So it's like my inspiration that, you know, I see right. it in front of me every day. One day I'm going to get to it and she's doing the same thing. So it's just so cool to hear them come back and say, Hey, this is where I'm at now, you know, and I love it. Yeah. And that was because of you. And <laughs> that is just the coolest thing. I mean, you know, I, I look at, you know, God put us all on this journey and I look at how my journey has taken me. And now I've ended up in Boca Raton, Florida, which is this beautiful place by the ocean, working with Dr. Joel Furman because of Take me with you. Because of vegetables. <laughs> That's <laughs> I awesome. Mean, and I was in a beautiful place before, but I love this place and the people I'm working with and it's just so amazing. And but now you are sharing in that journey of getting people better and it's just 
you, if you could, you know, do you ever feel like you could just take a little piece of you and your energy and just give it to him for a day and say, feel this, use this. And if you could just, and then they would be hooked. It's so more, oh my goodness, there's your dog. I love, (laughs) oh my, okay. For those who are listening, she just showed me this, oh, I want to love on him, right? (gasps) Gabriel, come look at this. Gabe, Gabe, I'm going to show my son. He's saying, look at this puppy. I'll cut this far, but look at him. Oh, isn't he adorable? He's like, are you done yet, Mom? we got to go for a walk. Oh, isn't he precious? (laughs) Uh, You want one? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, let's get one. We had a golden for 10 years. Oh, my goodness. I love that. They're awesome dogs. Oh, man. And we were watching some videos because we downsized from 3,000 square foot to 700 square foot apartment. And we found all these old VHS tapes and we were playing them. And there's a puppy. Hannah was running. Her name was Hannah. Running around. And we're like, oh, <sighs> but yeah, we need bigger space before we do that. <laughs> oh man, yeah. that's so cool. Um, but yeah, no, Denise, this is just, you just have such a great story. I mean, stopping, you know, the kidney stones and migraines and CO, you know, the, uh, sleep apnea. And I mean, that's just so incredible. And then you were, now you're running, right? Didn't you run? Oh no, no, oh. no, I don't run. <laughs> I tried running. I tried running one time with Charlie and he kept looking behind me like, why who, is <laughs> someone after chasing us? us? You know, yeah, he's not into running. No, I walk uh, and I've done this like the entire time. I, I walked early. Okay. Um, in the beginning, it was like, well, in the very beginning, it wasn't very long at all. Then it got to like about eight miles a day. And now it's like more like four. Okay. Um, I do yoga. I ride my bike. I garden. I prefer to do things that I enjoy doing, but right. is active. Right. Um, I, I'm not a gym rat. I don't want to do push-ups and push, you know, sit-ups and all that kind of stuff and Zumba and crunches. Nope. I, I like you doing yoga and more, but yeah, that's the thing. That's the, the beauty of this journey is everybody's different. You just have right. to find what, that's another mantra that I've adopted from a uh, yoga with Adrian. Find what feels good. I, I loved her videos. Some of them are only 15 minutes. You do 15 minutes in the morning and 15 minutes in the evening. It helps you with your body. It helps you with your mind. Um, find what feels good. If you don't like going to the gym, don't do it. <laughs> you know? Exactly. You know, yeah, exactly. Why torture yourself, but be active. Just find those things that are, that you're going to enjoy. I mean, that's, that really is it. Um, yeah, I love running just cause it's, it's like the freeing flying on feet. I mean, I just feel like, huh. <laughs> And See, just, mine was more like um, clomping horse on pavement kind of feeling, and I never got that for running. So, <laughs> but yeah, but you know, the yoga is fun too because you're it is very <laughs> introspective, and you know, it's still it's a, a, the strength that re- requires for some of those um, different uh, poses and stuff. Yeah, yoga's that's pretty great. I mean, just... and I, I feel like yoga has helped me also like be more aware of my body, which helps me be more aware, like be more mindful in the moment, even if even as it requires the eating, like, mm-hmm. are you actually mindful of what you're eating or are you just like eating and talking on the phone or on Facebook and it's gone before you realize you had it. Right. So that's really what yoga has done for me too, is learning to slow down and be in the moment. Yeah. I love that, that you bring up mindfulness because I think that's something that in such a busy place that we are right now and, and technologies right in front of us all the time, shooting us images, but just slowing down, removing yourself to 
understand you're sitting this meal in front of you to nourish your body, being mindful of the flavors and the food and enjoying it, even though you can't always like you and your situation and, you know, um, with your job and stuff, but you're still mindful because you prepare the food before you, you, you make it in a consistency that's easy to consume and still nourish your body. And so I think that's brilliant. I love that mindfulness and the yoga. That's fabulous. I love that. Yeah. I really, I really, I should have been a vegan since birth. I think that would have been great. (laughs) (laughs) It would have been so great. Oh, man. But, um, yeah, so now sometimes, you know, we have families that don't necessarily everybody eat in the house the same. So I know you, um, that might be in your, what is your experience? How do you, you know, if you have family members that you live with or you visit or whatever and they don't eat this way, what do you do exactly? How, How do you adjust well in the beginning my husband didn't really um and even now he doesn't want to eat plant-based he didn't really support me doing it or switching over to it um he thought it was gonna be more expensive Mm -hmm. um and you know he's basically lost his partner in crime um so it was it was difficult in the beginning um i I actually got to the point where i told him if you want to keep eating that you have to buy it and cook it yourself because i was tired of cooking two meals so I was like, you're welcome to eat what I eat. Um, and sometimes he does or did. And he would then just add his own stuff to it, like his Parmesan cheese or cheese or meat or whatever. But I was like, well, at least some of it's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but then I, I had to um, like, because I'm a type of person, if it's in my face, if I see it, then I'm going to want to eat it. So I really had to keep, we had to separate our food. Like he put all his stuff in a separate um, bookshelf area. I put all my stuff in a separate bookshelf area. So I just knew that that was off limits. To me. Yeah. yeah, I just knew that that, that food was off limit to me. And um, it just wasn't my food anymore. And that's why I tell myself, even it doesn't matter where I'm at now, even at work, like when the doctors bring in food or the, like the drug reps and staff bring in food. Um, man, it looks good. It smells good. Um, there's been so many times and that, you know, it kind of made me mad when I first started working because all that food was free. I was like, man, why couldn't that have been free when I was fat and I was wanting to eat all of it, you know? So I was tempted a few times in the beginning, but I was like, you know what? That's not my food. It's not my illness. I don't want to take that stuff on again. So I just tell myself it's not my food. That is, you do. And you're having this conversation with yourself. And so, and it's really funny. So it's not funny, but it's really interesting when the, where the work I'm at now working with all these therapists and the psychologists, exactly what you said is what's going on that they're telling the patients to do. And so it's, it's this self-talk. You have to change your dialogue with yourself. And whenever they, they describe the disease of, you know, overeating or emotionally or binge eating as almost a separate entity that it will rear its ugly head. It's not ever away. It's there. You can keep it down with this talk with saying this is not my food. So you did exactly what these trained professionals are telling people to do. So it just always amazes me how you guys do this because there's so many people who don't click it doesn't like they don't get it they don't find that path to changing their dialogue i mean so i think that's so remarkable i I think i mean i i totally attribute it to god because if it wasn't for him like i don't think i could have sustained it because even plant-based like i said before i can still binge on plant-based foods and not be mindful and just 
want to soothe myself with food. It doesn't matter if it's plants or not. You can still gain weight right. on eating flour or food and stuff. So um, it's, you know, constantly staying connected to God. I do a lot of devotionals. I read, like I said, I read a lot of scriptures. I have a lot of scriptures around me so that I can, like, quickly look at them for when I, like my emergency scriptures, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, you ask him for, for his help and he'll provide it. I love so. that emergency scriptures. That yeah. <laughs> is so cool. You're just an awesome person. Emergency scriptures. I so want to take that up. That is so cool. <laughs> and I mean, I think that is just so brilliant that you also understand you have to bathe yourself in his love and his mm, remind reminders of that you're worth being well. You're worth eating yeah. those nourishing foods because so many people don't think they are. And they may not yeah, be able to express you, it. And if you think about it as a way of um, like getting out of myself, um, you know, I'm a temple. My body is a temple of God. So if if God is living with me and um, like directing my path, then I need to get out of the way and make sure that this body is efficient enough to be able to do what his purpose or plan is for me, which is to share his love and his hope with everybody else. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just kind of see myself as set myself up for maximum optimal health for his doing with whatever he wants me to do. <laughs> it's all for his glory in the end. And, you know, yes. and the fun part is what I love about this podcast, because it's my podcast, we can talk about faith and, yes. and show and share with others who may not understand this it's such a life-changing event when you open yourself up to his will and allow that to just take over. Because I'll tell you, when I switched over to the plant-based diet, it was because of a patient coming in saying that they meat and dairy upset her stomach. And so I said, well, stop eating meat and dairy, knowing full well that, that she would survive but never thinking, oh, that leaves her a plant-based diet. Like it just didn't click in my head until she came back in 30 days and her daughter, who was 16 at the time, actually went on the diet with her mom, pulled herself off two attention deficit disorder meds in 30 days. At 16, Wow. she brings her daughter in to the appointment with her and says, Dr. Marbus, what just happened? I said, I don't know, but that's really cool. Let's go find <laughs> out. So I started doing research and then I realized I had an excellent education but there was a huge gaping hole in it called nutrition. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it prepared me to go to the Middle East and work. And it prepared me to go to, you know, I did in Uganda and where I was in South America, I went to Ecuador. I mean, I can do that. I can work wherever. But when it comes to the chronic disease and giving people the ultimate health, I didn't have that piece. And so as I was doing research and then I had a lupus patient come in and she got better and we switched our diets. But when I went home one night, I literally went home overnight. You can ask any of my, my kids and my husband, I took a garbage bag and threw it all out one night gone. And then I was like, what did I do? (laughs) They were probably thinking the same thing. Like she's off the deep end, huh? No, but I, but I, apparently I keep one foot in the deep end at all times. So they just kind of accepted it. So, I mean, I'm never quite (laughs) not out of the deep end. So they're kind of used to my, I'm a little bit off the hinge most of the time. So it's all good. (laughs) They still love me. Thank God. And so, um, what was funny was 48 hours later, we had a quart of a grass-fed beef in the freezer, and I was trying to figure out what to do with it because I was like, I'm not going to give it to anyone because I'm going to kill somebody you know, <laughs> with the knowledge that I was beginning to accumulate. I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't do that. <laughs> the freezer broke. 
in 48 hours. Oh. We came home to blood and mm, that meat that uh. had to be disposed of. And it's just like, uh, I've never in all those years now ever 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 wanted to go and eat a carcass again i was like oh i bet and uh but it was such a god thing because my husband's like if you that's not a sign from heaven because i think what would have happened was that we would have just slowly said oh mom well let's just have a little bit of that it's in the freezer we need to use it up i'm like i'd have been okay and then we would have just kind of gone back to our yep. regular so god's like oh no there are lives to be saved <laughs> there is faith to be shared you are done <laughs> that's awesome and so i am so yeah it just um that's where it was and ever since then i was like here we go <laughs> <laughs> so it's a lot of fun and it's just such a blast oh gosh i just get so excited i just i i don't even know how to express it well maybe i do i just keep talking and Yep. Yep. So, um, wow. You just have an amazing story. I just love it so much. So is there, I know I've kept you for like an hour now, bless your heart. What is your best advice? Would you give someone who's listening and saying, you know, I'm thinking about it, but maybe I just not sure. What would you tell someone like that? Mm, well, I mean, the nurse and me would ask him a bunch of more questions like, well, why aren't you sure? What is it about that being sure? sure? What are you afraid of the most? Like, if you did this, what is the one thing like you're afraid of? Is it um, because you're afraid of how people are going to think about you? Because if that's the case, then you need to start with God first, because it only matters what he thinks about you, not what anybody else thinks. Right. Um, but if it's because you're afraid you're not going to know what to eat, there's tons of resources out there now to like get you started they have they actually have like um programs where you could like order the meals already made freezer meals and everything that are pretty good so i mean it, it really just depends on what you have to find out what your obstacle is mm -hmm. and then break it down and get down to the root of it to see what is really holding you back from it you know are you afraid to change um if, I mean, I think if you're open to change, just try it a little bit. Just, you know, do the best you can. Try to do more than you did the day before. Um, or, you know, if you're one of those people who wants to jump in 100%, do it. I mean, I really don't think you have anything to lose by doing this. I've never, ever come up with a, like bad reason why you shouldn't do this you, i mean and you have to find out what your why is too of why you want to do it because then you have to keep that forefront in your mind to like help you stay motivated when you do plateau and if you're focused on the scale and it's not moving you know what are the other reasons what's going to keep you doing this like why do you want to be healthy you know mm -hmm. why do you want to have a better quality of life what do you want to do when you are at your ideal weight you know what does it look like for you you have to kind of visualize and fantasize about it a little bit you know oh i like, say what's life that. gonna be like that's great yeah. you're absolutely right because your brain doesn't know the difference between imagination versus reality as far as your subconscious so if you start visualizing it it's kind of like if you ever go buy a car or you're researching a car and suddenly all mm -hmm. you see are those cars I was like, where did yes. all those Subarus come from? Where did all those Buicks come from? So bad. <laughs> <laughs> so your brain just takes over and like zeroes in on what it thinks that you want. So you're exactly right. See, you actually should be a psychologist. You got Well, I have a I have a bachelor's in psychology. <laughs> okay. 
Well, that little piece of information you never shared. That exactly. So that makes a lot of sense now. That was now. my more life before <laughs> nursing, but I actually use it a lot in the oh, nursing. Oh, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I think every physician to, should be a psychologist. I, I think like your mind, um, what's that saying? Like attracts like. Mm-hmm. How you're thinking, you're going to attract it. So if you're thinking negative, it's never going to happen. I'm never going to be able to do it. I'm going to be fat forever. Guess what's going to happen? That's exactly, you're going to, it's going to come to pass what you're thinking. So if you're thinking, yeah, yeah. So you really have to watch that talk, Mm -hmm. your self-talk. Yeah, exactly. You are so, I mean, it's the law of attraction. Whatever you're putting out there is you're going to be bringing back to you. So if you're talking negative, you're going to get negativity around you. So um, you are so absolutely right. That is exactly my experience. It's been my patient's experiences and, uh, but yeah, you just need that psychology. You've got to change what you're focusing on. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it's whole, um, it's holistic. You have to, you can't just take care of the weight. You have to take care of the mind, the body and the mm-hmm. soul all together, or it's not going to be, um, you're not going to be at your optimal health if you don't right. look at yourself as a whole person. Right. Absolutely. Because I know the people who come into our program and even the patients I had, those who actually focus on outside of the weight, they put that aside and know that the weight will come. The weight loss will come. (laughs) But when they start focusing on eating nourishing foods just for the fact that they're going to nourish their bodies for health and they start introspective looking and saying, what do I need to heal in my heart? Where do I need to heal between my ears to make this a lifestyle change forever? They do so well. They excel. Yeah. And those who just come in saying, I want you to teach me how to cook. I want you to teach me about the food. I don't care about all this fluffy stuff. Those guys fail. They come back. They really, really struggle. They, they keep throwing obstacles in front of their path. And uh, Well, here, let me, yeah. let me tell you, because the, the, I totally believe that. Remember in the beginning when I told you my friend, uh, Christy, she was one that introduced me to the plant-based diet. Yeah, she did it with me, and she lost over like a hundred pounds, but she has gained it all back because she went back to eating, and then it all started with peanut butter for her. She was making a peanut butter sandwich for her son, and she was like, "Oh, I can eat some peanut butter now." Well, she ate the whole jar, and it just she just never stopped. She went back to eating a standard American diet, but she never took care of the. Um, the mental stuff, you know, like the root cause of what's the emotional issues. Um, and now she's trying to get back on it again, but it's finding it to be so much more difficult than the last time. And, you know, I keep telling her, you you have to fix, like you said, what's between your ears and behind your eyes first before anything else is going to be lasting. I mean, and her and I, because we did pretty much the same thing. The only thing I did different was focusing on um, taking care of the emotional stuff. Right. And That is uh, so very, very important that we disregard that. You know, in science, in in medicine, we're not taught that. We're not taught the, you know, someone has a faith or someone has emotional trauma and they're feeding that. And why are they overeating beyond the fact that the food, you know, big food is trying to kill us with their highly addictive foods. That's a whole separate issue. And the government, yeah, I could talk about that for hours. But as far as, you know, what is it? That some people can do it and others can't. There's that's the key, right? Exactly what you're saying. And you know, I've created my own online programs at the docandchef.com. I have 
uh, online course that people can do. It's called Getting Started on a Plant-Based Diet. It answers all their questions, all the science stuff. But then they can also join what they call the Inner Circle where people can come in. And I literally have live Q&A every week um, through Facebook Live. And we every single day they're asking questions. And like this month we're doing a 10,000 step a day challenge. And um, so that's always an ex, you know, there if you have someone who really is struggling send them my way at drchef.com unless they want to come and hang out with us at Dr. Furman's Health Oasis too. That's the more intensive in-resident. So either way, you know, I wrap my little tentacles around them and help them out. So it's, it's, it's really fun. That's awesome. You know, I got to get, yeah, awesome. got to get your veggie crack. So, <laughs> so yeah, this has been so far. I could probably like, I could talk to you for hours. Bless your heart. I know. <laughs> Oh, I could too. Oh, oh my gosh. Um, so, well, I'll tell you, I, I'm going to, I will cut it down here because, you know, the poor souls who are listening and going, oh, my goodness, Lori just keeps on and on and asking this poor thing these <laughs> questions. So, um, but yeah, I know it's been really fun. And I really want to thank you for taking time out of I know you've got a really busy four days coming up and I appreciate it so much. Thank you so much for having me. I'm you, glad I was able to do it. You're so welcome. And I do always like to end the conversation um, with acknowledging um, the guests because I think as humans, we don't understand how much we could affect someone, even with a simple, you know, hello, a smile, opening the door for someone, caring for someone, bringing them water, changing their IV, changing their dirty diapers, whatever you guys do over in there, <laughs> you guys, white butts, <laughs> you white bodies, whatever. I just always like to acknowledge people and say thank you for everything you've done and thank you for sharing your story and thank you from those who can't say that to you right now who you are literally going to change their life with your story. I think that's just so cool. And so that is. That's awesome. <laughs> so thank you very much and uh, we'll leave it at that. All right. Thank you. Thank you.